Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Last Week in Basketball Playoff Edition. A recap of some of the most important storylines and highlights that happened this past seven days in the NBA. I am your co-host Mowgli, and sitting next to me, as always, the man, the myth, the mouth. Welcome back, guys. Before we start, I just want to start out and say, Happy Mother's Day. May the 4th be with you. Happy Cinco de Drinko. Hey, happy Friday the 13th. And any other holidays we missed the last couple of weeks. It's been a while, Mal. It's been a while, but we're here. Technical difficulties have prevented the last two episodes from being released, but this is officially episode 101. <laughs> we're back. We're just such a hiatus after episode 100, guys. You got us to 100, and we're like, you know what? That's it. We hit syndication. We're done. <laughs> we're done. But no, we have more. The season. Let's carry on. It's a marathon. We see the light at the end of the tunnel, Malv. We had some great basketball. We have the conference finals. But before we get into that, let's go ahead and do a round two recap. An exciting second round indeed. A couple game sevens we had in the second round. Let's start in the Western Conference, the number one Phoenix Suns versus the number four Dallas Mavericks. Dallas wins that series in a game seven blowout, 123 to 90. That game was over at halftime. And the sun has set for the Phoenix Suns this year. Mal, both you and I predicted the Suns in six, and it looked like that was the case after the first two games. But uh, to quote Luka Doncic, <laughs> everybody acting tough when they're up. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, but dude, I didn't hear one thing from Luca. All I did see was his his hateful smile that sometimes I want to slap off his face and like his horrible shimmy that's not as comparable as Curry. But you know what? It doesn't matter, bro. Like we were wrong. We called it because we thought he was going to be more injured in the series, but no. He came up and the rest of the map showed. I forgot he had an injury. <laughs> that's how good he played in the second round, right? But even during this round where we kind of knew Luca was going to be there, we still didn't really give them the, the win. And we disrespected them. Straight up. Yeah, our bad. Our bad because we thought the Suns were going to fucking take it, man. How how This is CP3's last time. Or like the internet, Christopher Paul's last time. You know, like this is a shame to see the way they went out. Like you texted me. I was asleep, you know, because I had midnight, midnight at work. And you just texted me like, yo, they, they, they're done. They don't even want to play anymore. They just let this shit go. That's what it looked like in Game 7. Going back to the Mavericks real quick, and Luka, he averaged 32.6 points, 9.9 rebounds, and 7 assists this series. Game 7, he had 35, and back-to-back nasty triples over Cam Johnson right before halftime. Oh, that was it right there. Uh, As for the other Dallas players, you had Dorian Finney-Smith step up. Spencer Dinwiddie in Game 7, he had 33-2. and But yeah, let's talk about Phoenix. And this was their blown opportunity. They were a one seed. This was their best on paper regular season ever. They had over 60 wins. And they end in the second round. Devin Booker, 23 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He averaged this uh, series. But for game 7, 11 points. He was minus 41 plus minus rating. Chris Paul, ay ay ay, 13.4, 4 rebounds, 5.7 assists. He had one five-point game in this series and a seven-point game, and then in game seven, he had ten points. No good. This is the fifth time Chris Paul has blown a 2-0 series lead. That is an NBA record. 
and he is also 0-4 in his last four Game 7s. What do you make of this? They're done. They're cooked. Is <laughs> is their window closed? Yes. You think no. so? I, I'm going to be honest. CP3's window is closed. But Devin Booker, uh, Aiton, if he comes back, how long does Chris Paul realistically have at this level? The last five seasons, I think every year we're like, he's got one more. He's got one more. Does he honestly have two more after this? I don't think so. If he sticks to the vegan diet, yes, right? (laughs) The plant-based diet. I I don't think so, you know? Like, I think the Suns are going to have to find either, like, a replacement or, honestly, it's load management time just to make sure CP3 is at his best during the playoffs. Because the numbers you just read don't show regular CP3. Not only that, he is signed to a max deal with Phoenix. DeAndre Ayton has still yet to sign his rookie extension, and there's some beef between him and... And head coach Monty Williams. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so, uh-oh. Between all that happening, the West getting better, hopefully the Lakers and AD, you know, they aren't as injury-riddled this season. Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. But, um, yeah. Your favorite game of the series? Going to seven. I got to go with Luka, man. Like, him averaging those 30-plus points. I thought, what would you say what it was this whole series? 31? 32.6. There you go, bro. And because we were talking about on one of our deleted episodes, uh, Booker or Luca, and now it's showing. Who are you building around, right? It's Luca. Luca. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, with the leadership. Look at he's his own leader, right? He has to develop more. He's developed a lot different than the other guys here, I feel, in the States. He's the played in the pros already. He was young playing in the pros. Like, I think what he said, like definitely, definitely like should ring out and probably be like their model, you know, like uh, let the others talk. They're always talking when they're ahead, but like in the Kobe's mind, the game isn't over, you know, like that's the mindset you have to keep. The game isn't over. I think for me, game seven, despite the Suns getting blown out, uh, that really showed me that Dallas, they came to play from the beginning of that game. It revealed the character of the team. They were on the road. Everyone contributed. Luca led the way. Even Jason Kidd post game. He said, Frank Vogel prepared me for this. I saw that. So, uh, yeah. Going to other post-game press comments, I can't help but to mention Patrick Beverly, uh. <laughs> the arch nemesis of Chris Paul. He's going in on him, dude. Have you been seeing this? I love it. You guys got to watch it. ESPN, Pat Beverly's doing his uh, ESPN tour. That relationship between Patrick Beverly and Chris Paul is always going to be very dynamic because they were like replacing each other when it was Beverly's time in the Clippers and then Chris Paul just left and all that stuff. Uh, basically, what he's saying is Chris Paul still hasn't done anything. Why is everyone giving him so much praise? Look at how much of a loser he is. Yes. <laughs> uh, and a lot of players, Matt Barnes, he came on later on on the air. He's like, yo, I'm going to check you, Patrick Beverly. Dame Lillard, he did the same thing too. Even J.J. Redick now, right? Yeah. So, um, Pat Bev, though, that's who he is. That's his character. Yeah. He is feisty. He's supposed to get under your skin. And, you know, that type of style on the court is translating to the way he is analyzing basketball in the studio. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to another Game 7 gut punch, yeah? In the Eastern Conference this time, the number 2 Boston Celtics versus the number 3 Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks stops here. Ay, ay, ay. We predicted the Bucks would win in seven. It was looking good, but Boston, they turned up their intensity. Uh, they dared Grant Williams to beat them, and he did. He did, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go off on that, because I 
Grant Williams did a great job. You know, he did exactly what you're supposed to do. If they're leaving you open, you take those shots no matter what. Grant Williams, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 7 three-pointers. The Bucks shot 4 of 33 from three-point range in Game 7. That's 12%. Uh, so, yeah. They were abysmal. Yeah. They were trying, though. They were chucking him up. In our series predictions for this matchup, I wanted Giannis to flex and be the dominant player he was. Despite being eliminated, did he show that he is still the best player in the league despite the loss? I don't know about best player, but probably the best player on the Bucks for sure. His stats this series, 33.9 points, 14.7 rebounds, 7.1 assists. Where to wins. Game 7, 25, 20, and 9. He is also the first player ever with 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in a series. I'll give Giannis one of the most dominant players still in the game, but even his dominance couldn't do anything by itself here. I'll say this, Malv. I'll say this. Giannis is the best player in the league, but I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are the best one-two punch currently in the game right now. So two is always better than one, especially when Chris Middleton, your, your Robin, is not there. Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis, they did what they did. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, you know, they stepped up, but, you know. Not enough. It, it was tough, especially playing in Boston for that Game 7. Unfortunate for them, unfortunate for the defending champions. And uh, going to Boston, though, Jason Tatum, 27.6 points, 6.3 rebounds, 5.4 assists. For this series, Jalen Brown, 22-7-4. and four. Um, You know, you had Al Horford turning back the clock. Marcus Smart. This was a crazy series because, what was it? Every other game was a different winner. And to be honest, my game of the series for this one was the Al Horford game. And that's pretty much more of a narrative. You know, like, I, I'm telling you, him coming back to play for the Celtics, I really felt that he wanted to belong there. And then he showed everybody, like, yo, I'm a 35-year-old, I think, like, Old man, everybody thinks I'm fucking, you know, out of shape and not too good anymore. But look what I can do. I can still explode a game or look two. Look what games. I can do. <laughs> you know? Shout out and, to Matt TV and Stewart. But, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Matt, he did. Continue. No, no, but he did. He did. Like, that's how I feel like Horford's like, oh, shit, you can do something, you know? Like, you're not just a dead body. We were right about you, like, four seasons ago. My favorite game this series was game five. That was in Boston. That was when the Bucks rallied in the fourth quarter. Drew Holiday, he locked up Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart, with nice back-to-back block. clutch defensive plays uh, in a 110-107 victory. I just felt like, you know, they took the 3-2 series lead at Boston. They had two more games to close it. It was like Giannis, he dropped 40 and 11. They were my picks. They were my picks. I thought they were going to repeat. What is the future for Milwaukee? Honestly, I don't even think like there should be any kind of fucking blow up or anything. This was honestly just health with Chris Middleton. This was they need Costas. <laughs> Sign him immediately, please. That's it. What do you think? I, I, I think they're on the positive. This was just an unfortunate series of events. You know, and Lemony Snicket yes. here, yes. <laughs> but I honestly I, I think they're still in the positive. I don't think there's no concerns to changing the coach. You know, not right now. Like Add a few, I think maybe a shooter, you know, a veteran old shooter just to be reliable off the bench just in case Middleton ever gets out again. Because remember, even last year, we had like a couple of times where Drew Holiday exploded. But you're going to need a big three then now. Well, moving on to the other games. We got the number two Memphis Grizzlies versus the number three Golden State Warriors. The Warriors win that series in six games after a 110-96 victory. 
Malv, we got this one right. We called the Warriors in six. Curry for game six, 29-7-5. But the real story was game six clay. It was a vintage performance. He had 30 points, eight rebounds, two assists, eight three points made. His best game this season, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's what you're going to need from him. Like this is the like you said, throwback old clay, which you need. And definitely, what a what a game to shut him down. Game six, you didn't want this to go to seven because then that's would have been a jeopardy. You're like, you don't know what's going to happen. But especially with Jile, like again, I felt like this was a formidable fight. Like at least the Grizz, like their spirit never felt dead. You know, you hear the chants, Grizz in seven, Grizz in seven. It was shut down mm-hmm. by a bigger chant. Oh, well, move that, that trick. trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. And but for me, like I'm just gonna say it now, this series was my favorite. All around in this round two, maybe in the first two rounds. Like, I felt like this was really exciting. Even around, like, the water cooler. Everybody was like, yo, have you? are you watching the Warriors and the fucking Grizzlies go at it? It's like, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, like, no shit, I'm watching it. And a game seven would have been perfect, but I think the Warriors, they know what to do. They know to not take it to seven because look what happened to the Suns. That's the possibility that could happen if you don't, if you don't finish it. Going back, though, to this series and Game 6, Clay Thompson. He had 30 points this game. I'm going to tell you some of his best Game 6 performances. Starting with the 2019 Game 6 versus Houston. 27 points. He did it back in 2018. Versus Houston again. He had 35 points, 6 rebounds. But I think his best Game 6 performance was in 2016 at Oklahoma City. The 73-9 and team. 41 points, four rebounds, incredible shots. Like, he was shooting three-pointers, like, from the logo. I was screaming at the top of my lungs watching that game. I remember you and I were having conversations. Like, we were already thinking that was going to be part of the documentary. Like, yeah, like yeah, their, the, their rise to, you know, their... their, their, their the best record in yeah, the league. That would have been a standout game, for sure, that Game 6 versus OKC in 2016. But, uh, yeah, Game 6, Clay, dude. Going to John Morant, 38.3 points. 8.3 assists, 6.7 rebounds. He only played in three games this series, though, because of a knee bruise. Kept him out for the remainder of the series. Was this the most physical series this round? I don't feel that. I don't think so. I think that that unfortunate event with him and Poole was just like... You have Gary Payton. You have Dylan Brooks. That's different, though. That one's like... You a- have Steven Adams, Draymond... They do that. They do that. That's their M.O. You but, have Andre Iguodala sitting at the bench. Andre Iguodala started this whole beef, dude, right? Yeah, he he only comes off the bench when they're in the finals, all right? That's his only time when he's trying to win that MVP. Leave him alone. All right, I'll leave you alone, Iggy. But, hey, no, this is fucking like a spotlight, though. Like you said, Jordan played three fucking games, and yet his team, you know they were pushing Warriors to the brink. Like, yes, I think they the Warriors knew they were going to win, but I know there had to be some butterflies in their stomach like, yo, we could actually lose this and we could actually lose this to a team without its fucking leader because that team can do it by without their leader. You know what I'm saying? They proved all season that, you know, they can win without him. I think the Grizzlies finish with a record of 21-7 and seven without John Morant this season. That includes the postseason. And uh, what's the future for Memphis? Looking up. Looking up, keep them healthy, trying to figure it out and not make them a Derrick Rose. Are they yeah. able to repeat this level of success next year? Did they overachieve? They did overachieve for sure, but I don't see that they can't do it. I believe it's a possibility, maybe not as high as they came up this year, but top eight, the eight for sure. 
They're going to come to the playoffs next year. Tyus Jones and Kyle Anderson are going to be free agents this offseason. They were a major contribution to you know their success and their, their depth. So we'll see what happens there. I think they'll be a top four seed next year. Next year? Yeah, barring any injuries. And before we move on, I want to give a shout-out to Stephen Curry on being a college graduate officially, uh, right? It's Mr. Wardell now. <laughs> yes, Mr. Wardell yeah. Curry. Shout-out to J.R. Smith, too, for getting a 4.0 GPA and being, what, the collegiate athlete of the year for his school? I love it. Oh. Okay. And moving on to the final second-round matchup, we had the number one Miami Heat versus the number four Philadelphia 76ers. Miami wins the series in six. It was a 99-90 victory. Hot, hot heat, bro. Fuck, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, 32-8-4 to close out game. They picked Tobias Harris over him, and he made them uh, you know, realize that that was the wrong decision. He averaged 27.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists this series. And I think the original series predictions we had for this, it was uh, going to be the Sixers in six or seven, but that orbital fracture on Embiid, it kind of changed everything. Yeah, we had it in seven, but for sure, at least yeah, that orbital fracture, man, that really took him down. I'm going to say this was the least exciting series matchup for me during this round, but it had so much potential. We were talking this up. You had who was going to be MVP, Embiid coming through, taking on his old teammate, Butler, again. And honestly, you got to love Butler. He waved to the crowd after he beat them. He gave Embiid a hug. Favorite game of the series? To be honest, I don't have any. Favorite moment then? It was Tyler Hero's uh his 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 outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite moment of this series. And Chuck too. At Who Chuck, wore it better? Chuck, and you know it. <laughs> I think he did too. I think he did too. As for Philadelphia, what's the future holding for them? Blow them up. Keep Embiid. <laughs> <laughs> And beat his, his well, comments what on James Harden. Harden. Yeah, there you go. Tell him. Tell him. This is a post game after they're eliminated. Joel Embiid is telling the media that James Harden is not the same Harden from Houston. This series, he averaged eighteen point two points, seven assists, and six point three rebounds in six games. This was Daryl Morey's guy. We had said that this could be Elijah Wan Drexler two point uh, Nothing. <laughs> this is nothing. Tobias Harris. He had 16 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. It's no Jimmy Butler stats, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Doc Rivers, his future, he's staying with the 76ers as the head coach. For now. Yeah, right, Come for on, now. Matt, for now. Um, I think, you know it, we've got to be honest, bro. The 76ers have to go into a lot of discussions about what they're going to do. This was a tumultuous season, you know, especially with the Simmons saga. Again, you have Harden, too, who you thought was going to be your savior. He wanted to get there. He had moments. Yeah, true that. He had, like, one game during this whole playoffs. But it's showing you what everybody's been saying, which a lot of people didn't want to believe. Like, Harden is probably just not a playoff. That style of play cannot win you a championship. Kobe was right. It just doesn't. Or the game switched up for him hardcore when they switched up the fouls, when they made them, you know. Fouls were, like, not more lenient. They're like, no, we're not going to stop that. Like, you're not going to get these easy fouls. Like, you're going to have to play basketball. And honestly, what is he going to do? What is, what is You know he- what he's going to do? Him, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant, they're all going to go back to OKC. Uh, 
They're going to win a championship for them, and they're going to ride off into the sunset. I totally could see that. I could totally see that. But right now, I feel like Harden and Westbrook, they just have that ego where they still need to be the star, even though it may not help their team. And, like, there's still huge, huge opportunities for these two, especially on this offseason coming up, to see if they actually do some training and get more chemistry together. They need they need uh, role players as well because they gave up a lot for, for Harden. And Who else is going to come? You think people are going to come to Philly now? You got fucking Danny Green injured. Oh, you we know? didn't even mention. Well, I guess, yeah, now we are. Yeah, that was nasty. He has a torn MCL and ACL, right? Yeah. So, uh, I see how it's gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, like, this is, I feel like the process was understood. It might have worked. It didn't work. And now you have to rebuild. Pull the process? Pull the process. Oh, my goodness. What if they trade Joel Embiid? Where is he going? I'm going with Jimmy. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I can, it's so good, yeah. Final thoughts on round two before we move on. Your favorite matchup this round, you Memphis, know, Golden State? Oh, yeah. yeah. Most exciting series. Series where injuries played the biggest factor? That would be the 76ers in heat, I believe. Okay, then. Let's move on to the conference finals. And then there were four. <laughs> Competing for the inaugural Oscar Robertson Western Conference Champions Trophy. Still feels awkward to me. Right? It's, just, it's a mouthful. It is, but also I think of Oscar Robertson and the Bucks and the Eastern Conference. Uh, let us know what you think. That just feels weird to me. But anyways, the number three Golden State Warriors versus the number four Dallas Mavericks. Luka, he finally made it to the conference finals. His first appearance in the NBA. Uh, game one is scheduled for May 18th. What are you looking forward to? A good game. <laughs> I'm looking for the Warriors. I, I want to see what the matchups are. Because mm-hmm. essentially right now, it's four against one. I'm going to be honest. It's fucking Steph, Clay, Draymond, Poole versus Luka. Maybe Brunson. So one and a half. And, like, honestly, that's what I see the most. Like, I feel that the Warriors have such firepower Yes, the Mavs have shown that they could defend and slow someone down. But you got three fucking people, bro, who could essentially hit the same amount of shots and the same type of shots. What are you going to do? Who do you? I know Luca's your boy, so you got the Mavs or what? We'll get into the predictions in a bit, though. Yeah, we will. We will. Um, as for what I'm looking for this series, I'm looking at whether or not the Warriors will play more of their small ball lineup or more of the traditional big man lineup. Because in Game 6 versus the Grizzlies, when they went big, they dominated on the board, 70-44. to 44. Uh, So, you know, maybe it's a kind of transition era where they're not playing so small anymore. Also, does Dallas really play small ball? Who is their small ball center? I don't even like know. Dwight Powell? Boban Marjanovic? It's going to be Luka. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's going to be Luka doing everything. Your expectations from the other Dallas players? Can they keep the next man up mentality from here on out? I don't think <laughs> it's going to be tough. So. It's going to be tough. Uh, you know, Jalen Brunson needs to step up. Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie yeah. He also had a really good game seven for the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins. I'm expecting him. Where is uh, he? Where <laughs> they're going to use him for the to get all the foul calls? Have you like, seen this basketball player? Fuck. What are your predictions? All right, I'm going to go with my heart. I wanted to say Warriors in five. But, like Luca said, you can't be disrespecting people. So I'm going to give them two. I'm going to say Warriors and six. 
we're on the same page, Malv. I also have Warriors in six. I think Golden State, after missing the playoffs the last two seasons, they kind of humbled themselves a little bit. They got Clay back. He's kind of riding this good momentum. Uh, Dallas, they only really have Luka. <laughs> yeah. But then again, this whole playoffs, all they had was Luka. Is this Dallas's date with destiny? The last time these teams played each other in the playoffs was the 2006-2007 We Believe Warriors. Uh, that was when Golden State knocked off the number one seed, Dallas Mavericks, when Golden State was the eighth seed. So, you know, a lot of things have been coming full circle recently. So, you know, this could be another one, too. You saw you saw Dirk right there dapping yeah, up <laughs> dapping up Luka, Game 7 in Phoenix. Uh, you know, even, even Dallas's, you know, 2011 title run was pretty magical, too. They took out—they swept the Lakers. I know, I remember that. Yeah, that and horrible. then, you know, and they were the first ones to take out LeBron in the Heat, you know, in 2011. Jason Kidd was a player there, too. So, you know, to quote Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. All right, for your Magic Johnson Conference Final MVP. Where to go, Kerr? No, do we give Curry his finally good one? I don't know. It's too early for me. I'm going Luca. No, why not? Why That's not? The obvious choice. That is the obvious choice. Well, also, also, I am predicting the Warriors to win. But if Luca gets the Conference Finals MVP, this isn't the finals. All players should be eligible. It's the inaugural season. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that, though. I, I, I like the uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird Conference Finals MVP. Uh, I like the naming of those. What do you yeah, think of those? Yeah, those two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not the other naming. <laughs> All right, Malv, let's move on to the Eastern Conference then. Competing for their inaugural Bob Cousy Eastern Conference Champion Trophy. We got the number one Miami Heat versus the number two Boston Celtics, who Bob Cousy was a member of. Wow, look at that. Playoff history between these two teams. This is a rematch of the 2020 Bubble Eastern Conference Finals. Miami won that series in six games, but they do have history prior to that. Early 2010s, we have LeBron's Heatles versus Boston's Big Three. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of major takeaways that I'm seeing in this series. The one that I want to get off of the bat first is Jimmy Butler's usage rate is going to be off of the charts, both offensively and defensively. There's a lot of responsibility that he's going to have on his plate. With Kyle Lowry injured, I don't know who else is going to be the de facto point guard. Bam Adebayo can set up some offense from the post, but it really is Jimmy Butler. And then on defense, he's going to have to lock up Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or take turns on them. Switching up on them. Remember that exhausted picture of the finals in the bubble? We're going to have that same thing, you know, another picture like that here. Well, you were right on his usage rate, you know, going up more. Like, you have to now. Right, and I think Jimmy Butler is one of those players who will take that load. And for me, this feels like one of the more even series, you know, because during the last one uh, with the Bucks and the Celtics, you saw a lot more defense, you know, a lot more not easy shots going for everybody. And I feel like both these teams, even though I don't think they're they're both top ten defensive, they're actually top three defensive teams in the playoffs right now. See, Miami is two, Boston's three, and Boston just beat Milwaukee, who were the best. And they destroyed them. I can't pick a winner for this series. I feel it's a little bit more of an even. I You're not leaning towards anyone right now? I'm not. I, I'm going for sure. I mean, I'm thinking game seven. But I honestly don't know who wins. You don't have Kyle Lowry. If it's just on Jimmy Butler's will, I will give it to him. But I feel like the Boston Celtics are on that grit right now. 
Both teams bench, and their role players always seem to step up at the right time. Max Struss in Game 6 versus the Sixers. You have Tyler Hero, who's the sixth man of the year. But yeah, I have Boston in 7. Going to Boston, though, and their kind of run so far this postseason, they swept Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They took the defending champions to 7, and now they can avenge their 2020 you know, heartbreak against the same opponent. Who is your Larry Bird MVP choice right now? Right now, I'm going to go with Butler. You want Butler? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go Butler. I'm going Tayton. I'm going Tayton. That was, good. that was actually going to be my first choice, but I kind of thought you were going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, that'd be crazy, we'll though. see who wins. You got the Celtic trophy, you got the Celtic MVP, and then you could have a Celtic winning it for the first time. Well, this would be the nice cap. Like, you know, the, out of the three of the last four seasons, they've been in the post, like, at the close to the end, and it's just like, this is your time now. Take advantage. This is your third coach. Don't be Phoenix. Yeah, don't be Phoenix. Both Perfect. of them, both teams, he and Boston, don't be Phoenix. Like, this is their opportunities. They've been in the fucking, what is it? What do they call it? Uh, the punchers. Uh, they've, they've been really close to the yeah, top. They've been to the top. They've been on the, they just haven't taken it. We got a couple more things before we wrap. We had the 75th anniversary regular season awards. Most of them have been revealed. Quick recap. Rookie of the Year went to Scotty Barnes from Toronto. Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart from Boston. Coach of the Year, Monty Williams. Sixth Man of the Year, Tyler Hero. Most Improved Player, John Morant. Exec of the Year is Zach Kleiman from Memphis. He becomes the youngest recipient of the award at age 33. But MVP, back-to-back winner, back-to-back first-round exits, Nikola Jokic. Joel Embiid, he was the runner-up. How do you feel about this? I mean, they got it right. <laughs> I can see the hatred in you so much. Yeah, I just like the narrative more for Embiid. But both players are really good. Both players are awesome. Yeah. Oh, one more. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, social justice champion. Our finalists have been revealed for the 2021-22 season, and they are Carl Anthony Towns, Drew Holiday, Fred Van Vliet, Reggie Bullock, and Jaron Jackson Jr., Carl Anthony Towns for the winning, right? <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on to the WNBA playoffs. Malv, you went to a game, right? Yeah, I went to the Seattle Storm versus Las Vegas Aces. And honestly, guys, it was the first WNBA game I've ever been to. One of the greatest experiences I've ever had. If you guys actually like basketball, like seeing it played in a team effort, I was truly, truly into the game. It was hype, like... The energy is just the same as an NBA game, but everything is cheaper. That means more drinks, closer seats. Just support the ladies, guys. Their footwork, too. Straight team ball. If you like that Spurs kind of basketball where everybody touches, you're going to love WNBA basketball, bro. Shout out to the WNBA and uh, Free Britney as well, right? Phoenix Mercury debuted their, their grinder decals on the court to show solidarity. She's still incarcerated. Uh, Phoenix Suns were also showing solidarity as well. Moving on to Kyrie Irving news. Looks like Brooklyn and Kyrie are uncertain on their future as well as Nike. Damn. So, you know, not the best year for Kyrie Irving. To be honest, I think it's okay for the both organizations, for Nike and for the fucking Nets, to just look, right? Because you're p- paying someone to essentially play a certain sport. And from this past season... Yes, that he had certain convictions that you could ride with, but other people saw it as, like, he wasn't just passionate about the game. You know, so when you feel that from somebody, 
why would you want to give him the most money? You know, coming from Nike and from the the Brooklyn organization. All right, let's do the injured list. <laughs> Welcome to the injured list, where we recap recent player injuries as well as players returning from injuries. We mentioned Danny Green earlier, a torn ACL, age what thirty five. Oh, man, it's going to be tough to see whether or not he makes a comeback. Kyle Lowry, he is unlikely for Game 1 in the Eastern Conference Finals with a hamstring injury. He's missed six playoff games so far this postseason. Breaking news. Bit of breaking news for the Boston Celtics. Al Horford and Marcus Smart won't be available for Game 1. Horford for health and safety protocols. Marcus Smart with a foot injury. Also, the Orlando Magic just won the number one overall draft pick. Back to Malvin Mowgli. John Morant, we mentioned him earlier. He was out game three with a bone bruise. Chris Middleton, he was out for the entirety of round two. Head coach Steve Kerr for the Golden State Warriors was sidelined with COVID. He missed two games. And Gary Payton, the second from the Warriors. It looks like he could return in the Western Conference Finals from his, you know, fractured elbow. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah. All right, very quickly, Pacific Division talk. Warriors, they're still in it. Suns just got eliminated. Clippers, they're going to clip. The Kings, they have a new head coach. Mm. Mike Brown, thoughts? Not bad. Yeah. Looking better for the Kings are going to king. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were, dude. Because his first game when he was the official coach, they, they had the whoop that trick game where they were down by 52 points. So he, they brought a little Sacramento there. Yeah, we thought it was the King's curse. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite game in that series? Did you get to that? Yeah, I told you it was just the whole series. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one was just the whole series. Even it was just too good. It was just energy. Like I said, everybody was – people I don't even know who like don't watch basketball were like, have you been watching? Like, yes, it's just the energy, you know? Whoop that trick. <laughs> they better play that shit for their intro song for the next fucking one. Next time they play they each should. other? No, no, no. Just They should just keep playing it like for this playoff run. To keep it. like giving the mad disrespect and just giving you energy, you know? Let's move on to the final segment of the show, our designated Lakers talk. We got some news, Malv. Looks like the Lakers are going to be keeping Russell Westbrook. What? Yes, right? Well, what can you do when you got a $40 million price tag? What can you do? Kenny Atkinson, I think he's currently an assistant for the Warriors, is now a candidate for the head coaching position there. Uh, A lot of the coaches being interviewed for this position are being asked how they are going to implement Russell Westbrook into their philosophy, their coaching game plans. So whoever has the best answer will probably get the job. Well, you you pretend to be Genie, and I'll pretend to be a coach. Ask me that question. All right. How would you use Russell Westbrook? Bench him. I like it. I like it. Okay. You're hired. Yes. <laughs> wow, it's that easy. And I need you to pick my coaching staff. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'll have LeBron do the rest, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, speaking of LeBron, his salary was just released. He made like a hundred. He made over a hundred million dollars. So you know, good for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Patrick Beverly, he wouldn't mind being a Laker. What are your thoughts on that? I need that hype off the fucking bench, bro. But him and Westbrook, that ain't going to mix. That's water and oil right there. Either him or me, right? (laughs) Patrick Beverly, right? He's tweeting that. Fuck. (laughs) Imagine both of them on the bench. Oh, man. Who's getting off the bench first, coach? (laughs) Me or him? Austin Reed, suit up. (laughs) And finally, Rudy Gobert versus Shaquille O'Neal. 
We got some. We got some nice uh, Twitter beef right there. Who you taking in that? There ain't no beef. That's just straight pastrami, fool. That's barbecue chicken. Diesel all day. There's no way he could dominate a prime Shaquille. Thank you, Mal. Thank you, Mowgli. Thank you, Shaquille. We love it. And I think that's going to conclude today's episode of Last Week in Basketball, Playoff Edition. We hope you had a blast listening. We always have a blast recording. Questions, comments, anything like that, feel free to email us at malvinmogley at gmail.com. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And one more thing, follow us on social media, will you? At malv underscore n underscore mogley. This should have been episode 103, but it's 101. Hopefully all the technical issues have been resolved. Malv, your final thoughts. This episode is going to get out, and we're not going to be three weeks late again. We're sorry, everybody. (laughs) Take care. We'll see you next week.